0: to Model Rail Radio. I'm Tom Barbele, and this is being recorded live on Skype, October 7th, 2017. Model Rail Radio is the internet's only live-recorded radio show where the topic is the hobby of model railroading. Setting the show up, getting a call from Bruce Kelly. It's been a long time since we've had the chance to chat, Bruce. I'm sure you've got a lot of updates. What's going on with the model railroading hobby in your part of the world?
1: Wow, it's a, there's a lot. I don't think we've talked in over a year. Oh, it's, it's been that long. I've been listening in, but I haven't had an opportunity to, to uh, come on. Uh, boy, let's see. We're finishing up our 2017 season at the Medford R- Railroad Park. Mm. Uh, we got two more Sundays to run in October, and then that's we're done for the season. Um, our annual train show is coming up. At we've moved from uh, the Armory to what they call the Expo, which is a big arena. Mm -hmm. And uh, we've got uh, three times the space, which is uh, really exciting. So in the weekend of Thanksgiving, we have our show, and we're looking forward to that. It's going to only get bigger. Uh, Let's see what else with me. uh, A lot of stuff going on. I'm part of uh, the Board of Governors for the park now. We're in the process of finalizing the the bylaws. And uh, I was just elected to the Board of of Directors for the – Division one in the Pacific Northwest region of the National Model Railroad Association. Ooh, congratulations. Yeah. So I've, I've sort of stepped into a hornet's nest there. Uh-huh. We're, 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 we're looking forward to a, a great year. Uh, hopefully things will change because, uh, you know, everybody. There's, People uh, seem
0: to be saying that. I think there seems to be a sufficient number of new folk that things have to change, right?
1: Well, I think so. And it's got to probably come from the bottom up because uh, I don't think the. the I don't, think nationals really listening to us i think it's uh it's a shame that uh well we it's a new national uh, as well though i mean i think that's one of the interesting yeah things i think that yeah there's yeah. going to yeah. be a change in the next year i guess this is this is uh the president's last year so there hopefully will be a, a new hopefully some new blood coming in that will uh, try to make things more palatable for people to want to join and that's what i'm hoping that's what i'm hoping Certainly. Uh, Let's see what else is happening. Well, I've moved. I got rid of the uh, the mountain retreat, and uh, we're now in Medford. Mm. And I just recently moved all my stuff over from storage into my heated garage. I got a heated garage this time, so I'm going to set up to start doing some model railroading. Start doing some um, modules. Terrific! Uh, The Model Railroad Club, the Rogue Rogue Valley Model Railroad Club, uh, is in this year's issue of. uh, Model railroads, great model railroads. Wow. Uh, model railroads. Uh, we're one of the 11 uh, uh, layouts that they have. In. Yes. And what's surprising is the pictures don't even do justice because mm. things have changed in the past two years. Of course. Uh, since those pictures have been taken. Uh, we've got uh, two new members, brothers, that uh, are, uh, their skill level and their scenery uh, and buildings and everything else that they're doing is way above anybody's ever seen uh, Wonderful. in the past last two years they've uh, they've done about uh, i would say about 16 feet of of work Gosh. and it's just fast really fast and it really looks good so hopefully there'll be more pictures coming out of that at some point since i last talked to you i think i was still working for micro trains. you're working for campbell's when we last okay spoke. so i got yes. i got laid off from Trains mm-hmm. and i'm working for campbell's scale models which is great i've been there two years now as Wonderful. of this month congratulations and, um, it's, it's fun and I'm having a great time, but I also started working for micro trains again, mm. part time. Well, actually both of them is part time because okay. I work three days at Campbell's and, um, now I'm working, uh, Mondays and Fridays at micro trains, uh, work, working with Joe D'Amato. Very good. And I'm doing all his resin castings that they do in cool. plant. So he makes up the masters and I sit there and start the production. And, uh, it's, it's a, challenging because i'm learning a new skill certainly um, and trying to make a good product that's being handed off to uh the public but we'll see what happens with that how far that goes wonderful i think that's it i don't know if there's anything else exciting about the so let's
0: let's explore a few of these things because you've raised a a bunch of these stuff
1: oh i know what else i'm doing. Okay. I'm, you know, as you know, I'm superman, super fan, Superman, super fan number one yes. on AML network with, with Lionel Strang, and yeah. I've uh, sort of stepped up a little bit, or he's allowed me to step up a little bit, so I'm jumping in once in a while on some of the podcasts that he's doing. Hmm. Uh, so if, so you actually a, had the opportunity to talk with Charlie Getz, oh, right? Yes, yes, and I will not say anything. <laughs> Very good. I, I'm not. Ha- I am not happy with the response. I was. Being very, as you know, we did a a uh, interview mm-hmm. uh, with Christine and Charlie mm. and uh, Gordy from uh, the I think it's the the Kingdom of Fife or mm-hmm. I think that's what it's pronounced as and in, in outside of uh, uh, in Scotland outside of Edinburgh I think and uh, Gordy is a great guy I mean, he's he's going to be a, a very uh, wonderful plus to the yes. To, media social media for for the national and i think that's going to work out really well uh i just i was being very diplomatic because i'm a little concerned about what's happening with national um, as people will hear in the, the podcast the magazine is losing a hundred thousand dollars a year
0: i think and the whole that's... phenomena i mean i've met charlie gets on a couple of occasions mm-hmm. i've given him an open invitation as well in fact i was amazed but i mean i don't know i don't know what behind the scenes lionel had to do in order to get charlie's participation
1: i think it had to do a lot with christine the uh marketing yes
0: uh, yeah they have a long and let's say storied history as well so yeah it's interesting actually because i think my interaction with him and he's local to me like quite literally um yeah. Yeah. seemed to just indicate that this and his editorials a number of which i thought were how would one say it diplomatically i don't think one can say it diplomatically i think there were certain no. things that i found relatively offensive. I think he was able to offend a number of people in the hobby intentionally, and I find him a very interesting character, but, as you say, his time is up. And my hope is that new people will come in, and, as you say, I'm, as we've spoken about many times previously, I'm a firm proponent of the NMRA, but, like you note, it comes from these regions that are absolutely amazing.
2: And these little,
0: small you know, groups of folk that clearly have such a vision for the hobby that it is infectious. And mm-hmm. I think these people the NMRA has lost contact with in some regard, but my hope is that a few of them will um, work their way up. We talk to Jim Gore periodically. But also that the people that work their way up are people that are clearly so in tune... I, I think of Kathy Millat as well in UK. K. Yeah. You know, just people that are really smart about how to get the hobby out to as many people as possible and not about, you know, making money hand over fist, just about getting the benefits of the hobby out to as many people as possible. Yeah. And well, I think, you- yeah.
1: Sorry. You, you, well, no. You know that the, the, the controversy that we have discussed on some of the podcasts, and, and actually, if you look at some of the response, well, you won't see some of the responses, mm. but um, some of the responses we saw, especially about the magazine, with our conversation with Charlie, um, there seemed to be a problem, you know, making it economically feasible to have an online presence with the magazine. And one of the issues that came up on the podcast was about security. Mm. And the idea that this magazine, if it was free, it wouldn't be a member benefit. But we're looking at it as, well, it's not a question of being it's free. It's a question of recruitment. Give gives something out there that's going to t- t- yeah. have have a little more quality to it, even though it looks nice mm. coming from, from um, well, White I think, River. I think there's a...
0: What I found, having firstly interviewed the board of directors, I don't know how many years ago now, maybe seven, maybe more than seven, Mm -hmm. the folks that I met there that would not make eye contact with me at the show's following and all the political nonsense and all Mm -hmm. the notion that what we were doing was firstly, at least initially, and certainly still very curiously, growth. It's mm-hmm. about getting vast numbers of people thinking about this hobby as something that they can do in their spare time. And it, within that narrative, it's not that the hobby is dying. It's not that, you know, we're talking just about deceased estates and it's a terrifying thing that, you know, <laughs> model railroader circulation is down and all this kind of stuff. no. People are just finding new ways of getting information associated with the hobby, and some of these new ways come through electronic devices which Mm -hmm. weren't around a decade ago. That's correct. What is fascinating through this analysis is that I found it really strange to be politicized in this fashion, and I found this with Model Railroader as well. I found this in a few locations. Now, Lionel Strang and I have very different philosophies associated with modes of approach here. Mm -hmm. And I think what's beautiful about what he's done with AML is he's created this kind of id of Lionel Strang in podcast form, which I've been encouraging him to do for many years now. What fascinated me was that he could get these parties together and someone who has been so heavily and passionately emotionally involved with the NMRA, as Lionel has, for two decades now?
2: Yeah, very much. He can kind
0: of distill this thing down in something which is... Associated with getting to a point of resolution. Mm-hmm. And you know, hats off to Lionel and all his efforts yeah. because I think when you talk about thanklessness, <laughs> some of this stuff is really I mean, I come from the perspective of having experienced it myself. My view is I'd much rather record an easygoing podcast with a bunch of friends and new callers that come together on a regular basis. The workings of the NMRA, honestly, I have found terrifying in some regard. Yeah. But yeah. in the same side, you got a bunch of really good people that do amazing work in the hobby, where the NMRA is their vehicle for this. Right. So right. it's a complex thing, but yeah.
1: Well, it's, it's you know if you really look at it, the national or the the, the whole organization is, is like a giant model railroad club if mm. you really look at it. So you have you have you're going to have the the politics, the stuff that you know some people are not going to want to join into, and uh, and and then they have the the divisions, and you have the groups of people below that are really close knit and and enjoy the hobby and having having a great time and then you've got a lot of people on the outskirts who, who again don't deal with the politics or they, they don't have them the, the 44 dollars to pay for dues or whatever that uh, are on uh, that are enjoying the hobby as much and then there's a whole group of people and i think it's larger than that what they think that are the lone wolves that the, mm. the, the, they, they're not in it for other people, they're in it for themselves and they don't care what Mm -hmm. somebody thinks about their layout Um, Joe just told me a a day yesterday, uh, he visited a hobby shop down in in, uh, California, Northern California that um, is a real good, I I wish I could remember the name of it, but he was talking to the owner and it turns out there's 15 guys in Medford, Oregon, Mm. that are spending lots and lots of money Mm. to get stuff through this hobby shop and these are fifteen guys that we don't know about. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, like Lionel says on his podcast all the time, he's, he says this hobby is bigger than anybody thinks. No one can have you know, them. You, I mean, can, throw, you Warris, can throw all you, know, stuff, you can, yeah, yeah, you can throw all sorts of numbers out there, but yeah. I think they fall short Without in what's out, there, what's going on out there. And the thing about it is that these lone wolf hobbyists, for example, when I traveled
0: in the Midwest, I was primarily meeting academics. These are people who are in their fifties, primarily. 40s 50s 60s they were all model railroaders they all were mm. like, this hobby is so much about people when they have kids perhaps building a layout or just maintaining a layout they don't talk to other people they might buy a copy of model railroader once a year they're happy in the hobby for themselves they're happy in what they have they may not be huge profit centers for you know, variety of manufacturers. No doubt they've got a few Campbell's kits there, no doubt. But, Mm -hmm. you know, the nature of the hobby is not about centralised communications. It's not like a sporting team. It's not something where you would ever necessarily know that people were interested in the hobby, except, as you say, certain hobby shops and, you know, avenues. And what I find fascinating about the podcasts in particular is this is a very passive way. Our numbers go up every Christmas. Mm-hmm. Every Christmas mm-hmm. people get an iOS device or an Android device or whatever. They see this podcasting thing, and it's Christmas time. What do I think of Christmas time? Trains under the tree. Yeah. Put it in, find model rail radio. We've got a listener. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. my perspective is until you've experienced the passive nature of the hobby, and you know, I was quite I was quite I don't know how one would describe it. I guess I looked like some new zealot to the board when I performed in front of them however many years ago. But you'd hope slowly but surely this idea would actually permeate through. And I think what we're finding, actually, is that the folks that are coming up now are now getting on reasonable positions and what have you. Many of them are very aware of the efforts that have been put in. Now, I'm not anticipating. I was hopeful for a few years, but the nature of actually recognising this as a form of media akin to the sacred publication, maybe, who knows, mm-hmm. maybe yeah. a few more years. But nonetheless, I think slowly but surely, podcasting also has matured as well as a, right. as a means of communicating. YouTube has matured amazingly in even mm. the past five years associated with the production quality. I was uh-huh. talking with a certain video professional in the hobby, let's just put it that way. And yeah, even, you know... Even in the subscription video service part of this hobby, there are the growth, the spreading of information. It's not being actively tracked, and it's certainly not being actively tracked by a number of the old stalwart aspects to this. I mean, I think what's interesting for the NMRA is just how do they get the folks that are, as you say, these lone wolf folks to sign up and actually participate in a club? What benefits do they get? I think slowly but surely they're resolving some of that. But it's a very interesting times. Nothing is static. Nothing is static currently.
1: Yeah. And, and in some of the the conversations that we've had and, and obviously the interview and everything, the other issue that I have with the organization was the fact that uh, based on their financial records, I figured that there's at least... Probably dollar sixty to two dollars that are going down to each member. And, you know, seventeen thousand members and mm. what gets down to the division is is pennies.
0: Pennies. Mm. Of course, yeah, certainly.
1: And so that's a little disappointing. Um and it would be nice to see a little more money go to the region and, and hopefully trigger trickle down to some the, of the The
0: nature of the, of the money part of it though has always been I mean, joining the NMRA and obviously Lionel talks about this quite a bit as well. The nature of flying how many people, 16 people across the planet in some cases to attend the board meeting plus the national. I mean, the whole mm-hmm. nature of the money with the NMRA has always been a topic where, I mean, l- literally when I've recorded it previously on Model Raw Radio, I've always come back and thought, this is such a, this is why it's great that Lionel has his own recording to do this. Um, because I've always thought these are really inflammatory topics and you're talking about, a large group of people that seriously love the hobby and are members of the n m r a and they're not the people I'm talking about here. I just find it very the whole financial thing of the n m r a and the secrecy and all this really curious stuff and I mean Lionel is a great proponent for actually reading the board minutes and going through mm-hmm. the fine tooth comb and trying to understand some of that i mean it's curious but the, the, yeah you know, i looked
1: I, re- yeah yeah, I looked into the to the 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 so called free trips. Based on the financial information, it it amounts to about thirty five thousand dollars a year. Mm. And from what I understand, obviously from talking to Clark Cooney and and uh, Charlie, they pay for their airfare and they pay for their room during the meeting. So a lot of the board board of directors come in and they may go to the conference or they may or convention and they may leave after the board meeting. Mm. So there's if they're not getting a Free trip is, you know, the way we talk about it on the, on Lionel's podcast, but, um, there are some limitations and it's understand, it's not a first class hotel. It's a hotel that's close to the airport. So you're not looking at, um, really fancy stuff. Mm. Um, especially for the, for the, uh, um, not for the conference, for the uh, convention meeting, but at least mm-hmm. for the, uh, the one in, they have in February or January. Mm-hmm. So I don't think I, I don't have an issue it's with that. A, I, I, but, uh, no, look, I mean, my perspective is
0: that a lot of this could be done electronically. A lot of this could be done it, through Google and Hangouts. And that was,
3: yeah, know. that
1: was one of the things I brought up in the inter- interview. I said, you know, what about televising or having teleconferencing of the meeting so that so that all members can be privy of what's going on, hmm. or if I'm, or if a board of director can't make it, you know, that the excuse that they gave before was that by Uh, law by the state that they're I think it's Illinois uh, they have to have face-to-face meeting well one of the guys on the podcast turned around and found out no you don't have to have a face-to-face yeah that might have been the case how many years ago but yeah yeah, now it's not the case. So they can't use that excuse anymore. So they are working. They've, they've promised that they are working on that so that the, that the, the actual meeting will be, other than the closed session will be uh, publicized to the members. It's which just is looking, it's good. a
0: mysterious thing that there needs to be a closed session. I mean, the whole nature of the way these kind of organizations are run is as soon as you have any form of secrecy then mysteriously, I mean, this is about model rail, right? This is supposed to be open standards. There are a series of basic premises that, unfortunately, the NMRA with their secret meetings and, you know, the flights and what have you, I mean, this is an organization and the building situation and, I mean, all these things, it's about the local folk. It's about the local folk. that get a lot out of it. But, yeah, let's see what happens in the next five to ten years. and Yes, definitely. I guess.
1: And it's you know it's like Lionel and the rest of us say that we're not trying to draw, bring down the NMRA we're trying to build it up and make it more representative of the people that are at the bottom mm-hmm. um, and and make them you know upgrade their standards and 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 you know make things sure. you know the ap the ap the ap program and they're working very hard to bring that up to the to the new technologies I mean we've yeah. we've come a long way since you know the the old uh, old put together wooden stick kits you know it's mm. it's 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 a whole new world out there and we should they should be looking at that as far as and 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 the new technologies that are out there
0: certainly now we've talked about the nmra let's talk a little bit about your i mean from one organization with um you know <laughs> various issues technically you're rewriting the constitution associated with your local Club, right? Is that what's happening currently? Well, what you, we're doing,
1: what we, yeah. what we're doing is for people who haven't heard the the, the last time I was on a couple of year a year ago or more mm-hmm. year, more ago. Um, the Met Railroad Park is a unique park. It's owned by the city. It used to be the sewer treatment plant, mm-hmm. and they tore everything down. And back in the early eighties, uh, a engine, a steam engine, a Willamette steam engine which is a improved shea Mm -hmm. which ran from medford to Butte, or actually to prospect oregon on the medco medford corporation railroad uh about 62 miles of it and i thought maybe 62 i may be wrong on that but um put a long distance or a short distance and they used to haul lumber uh, logs back and forth between the the forest and the plants that engine was being uh at a park in Medford and it was falling up, you know, being vandalized and the, the city was going to either scrap it or there was an offer from the group up in Portland, uh, to get it. And the owners of KD and micro trains, uh, the, the uh, Edwards brothers, Dale and Keith, uh, got a group of guys together and they saved the, uh, Medco four and got it, got this permission to set it up in the, 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 what they call now is the Medford Train Park, the sewage treatment plant, and set up this engine and started a live steam group, the Southern Oregon live steam group. And they had started this park. And for a number of years, uh, we've had a contract with the city that we uh, have now four groups, the uh, G-scalers, the um, live steamers, which is the seven and a half scale or gauge, uh, the, the full size, the Medco four with all the, the equipment that we have. And uh, the Model Railroaders, the HOs, uh, the Valley Model Railroad Club. So those four groups have a contract with the city that we will open up to the public uh, 14 times a year, which basically is from April to October, Mm -hmm. the second Sundays, and allow the public to come in. And we do this for basically free. There's no charge to come see this stuff. Uh, We rely on donations and the train show that we do and dues and other uh, things uh sales and stuff that we do so it's a unique situation um up until probably two years ago they never really worked together mm. uh, it was whatever they needed they dealt with a city where they dealt with each other and it, it sometimes there were fights and sometimes there was a mutual benefit like the railroad club when we first uh they proposed to do it the all the cl- the two clubs that were there, which was the Live Steamers and the Historical Society, forego their profits from the train show to help mm-hmm. us build our building. So there's been cooperation and there's been disagreements. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple of years ago, we had an issue. We have an issue with homeless people, um, and that we're not talking about people that are, you know, in a. Uh, we're, we're talking about people. Most of the people that we have problems with are the five percent. The people that have gone through the system and just they can't be helped. There's nothing they can do because mm-hmm. they're they're. They've got alcohol or addiction problems or they, totally. they, they just want to abide the, the process of getting better and for whatever reason, mental or whatever. So we have a problem with them, and we started what we called the Railroad Park Committee, and it was informal and dealing with other issues. Well, last year, I realized that the, the park is just becoming un, unmanageable for four clubs to do it all all. Uh, in separate ways. So I proposed that we change the Railroad Park Committee to a Board of Governors and we are in the process of running the the bylaws through all four clubs um, so that we become the spokesperson for the Railroad Park uh, through the city, through the police department, emergency services. uh, And what the Board of Governors are going to do is deal with all the things park-wide. So if we have landscaping issues, uh, security issues, um, one of the things we're doing is we're going to have an emergency plan for dealing with all types of emergencies on the park grounds Uh, to deal with the city straight on with our contract, because every 10 years we sign a new contract. Instead of having five or four different groups or people talking to the city, they can go through one. Mm-hmm. And it makes it much uniform. Plus, it gives an idea of what's going on in the park uh, if we have issues that need to be addressed as a group rather than just individual club. And we also are going to deal with disputes. If there's a dispute between two groups, then we the, the Board of Governors will mediate uh, to try to so- find a solution. I think it's a thing that's been long coming uh, for making the, the, the park a little more uh, efficient. And, and uh, appropriating equipment or uh, assets mm-hmm. and also dealing with the, the regular run, uh, everyday operations that we have there, uh, whether it's during the public season or not so that's what we're trying to do is to make this group, uh, and it's represented by all the clubs, it's fair and so far one club has already signed on that today they had their meeting and they voted it in and, and as far as I know the other three clubs are going to follow suit and we will uh, see where it goes from there Wonderful.
0: It's interesting, actually, when train clubs have to come together and, you know, discuss issues like homelessness. I think certainly our local Silicon Valley lines now has maybe 10 cars that people are living in literally outside Mm -hmm. the front. And it's interesting, actually, that increasingly as the economy changes... The problems of the world are thrust on train clubs.
1: Well, yeah, it starts, I think it's thrust on everybody. Mm. I mean, we see it all through the, all over the area, and it's mm-hmm. usually in areas where there's some sort of system, in place to help people like that. And then it, word gets around, and they, they, they come to the area. And then, unfortunately, in our conversations with the city, out of all the homeless people, there are 85% that basically they will, uh, they're in the system, and they get the benefits, and, mm. and they have a, usually they have a car and they 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 get help, and things- ch- hopefully change for them and then there's this fifteen percent or less that they've gone through the system uh they're the ones we see uh, we also see the, the 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 kind of uh i don't want to call well the people that are that have the means they live in a house and this is where they meet to to do their drug deals to yeah. to hang out. To do whatever, and unfortunately, this is the group of people um, that we, the, the public, sees mm-hmm. because they're the ones that are laying under the trees. They're the ones that are trying to sleep in the park. Um, they're the ones that are unfortunately defecating uh, in the park, which is mm. uh, a, a serious problem. Certainly. And um, they're the ones the public sees, and then word gets out. You know, especially when they're panhandling. Um, you know, somebody comes to a birthday party,
0: yes,
1: and and all of a sudden they're being. Uh, uh, not accosted, but they're being approached certainly, to, to certainly. get money or they're just being uh, obnoxious. Um, and it, 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 unfortunately it's one of those things like, you know, you tell somebody something bad, then he's going to tell nine people rather than, you know, three certainly. or whatever. Yeah. Certainly. So that's, that's the problems we're dealing with. They, they just cleared out a, what we're calling is the homeless condo. They built a, uh, a structure next to our park that, uh, where they would conjugate. And a lot of the people conjugating there were not, um, uh, they were I would say more criminal than they were uh Certainly. homeless yeah, yeah. Uh, and and unfortunately, that's just a bad rep, and they just cleared them out and now they're back again, so it's it's mm. it's it's an ongoing problem I think Certainly. with most cities with most cities and it's just unfortunately, we have the brunt of because of our position on a greenway yes. closeness to some of the facilities that help these people that we're getting the brunt of that the bad part of it Certainly. the part that nobody wants, which is unfortunate, and we've tried to help people we've as a club. Uh, as members, we've approached a number of people that we've seen there and asked them if they needed help, and we actually try. And so far, our record right now is a zero because usually these are the people that, again, they've gone through the system already, and they, the yeah. system won't take them anymore.
0: Yeah, it's a difficult situation, and I think yeah, yeah. it's certainly experienced yeah. uh, the world over. But in particular, mm-hmm. it's funny because, I mean, what you're talking about here is just open spaces, and open spaces... Mm-hmm. You know, anyway, interesting, interesting stuff, Bruce. We have a number of new folk on the line, or at least a new folk and Jim Gifford. So always a pleasure chatting. Just one last question. Sure. Before I I wrap this up. Campbell's kits. Yes. Perennials, anything new, or is it all
1: basically just perennials? We're just doing what we've we've done in the past. The catalog hasn't changed. Mm -hmm. There's, I think, three kits that we haven't put out in a long, well, actually four Mm. kits that we haven't put out in a long time. One of them is the bandstand, the other is I think a passenger shelter. Those have been worked on, and right now we're waiting for Duncan Campbell to give the approval to uh, finish them and possibly get them back out on the market. Very good. We're basically the the kits are basically we put out are those kits that have been put out by Leo, Mm
4: -hmm.
1: you know, back in the back in the sixties. We're 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 there. It's it's not. you know they're not knocking the doors down to get part up uh, kits from us, but we're still putting them out, and uh, we see there's a big influx for the some of the older kits, uh, especially I guess because of the narrow gauge craze that's going on right now. Definitely, definitely. So we're doing well, and and micro is doing well too. Certainly, which is good. Certainly, which is good.
0: Bruce, it's always a pleasure chatting. It's a rare pleasure to chat currently, so don't don't let another year pass before you call back. I we,
1: we should be are we coming up on a uh, anniversary or something at some I point? I think
0: we've already passed an anniversary. Oh, September no. was the anniversary, no. so I'm not sure. I've lost oh. count. It's just many many years. Who knows how many years it's been? Well,
1: I thought we we're going to wait. What we're going to wait five years or something just so your wife won't get sick again. Well, no, What we're,
0: we're going to probably do is do a show 150. And the thought currently is maybe I should do it on the East Coast because I'll be on the East Coast around that time next year. There's going to be a convention that I'm speaking at, plus I'll go probably to the O-Scale National. So maybe the off weekend, who knows? Who knows how it's going to pan out? It always feels really strange to plan so far in advance.
1: Well, Um, let let me. Let me know what happens because I may I may fly out there
0: because that's you know obviously that's where I'm from so yeah most definitely I mean it was so important to show 100 in terms of just the flight traffic control it's difficult to actually explain to people that didn't experience show 100 how how it came together I mean just how people came in and it was just fluid and wonderful but yes unfortunately my wife um. Yeah, I'll have to get sick after. Yeah, got to try yeah. to minimize that this next one. That's
1: true. That's true.
0: Very good. All right. Always a pleasure chatting, Bruce. Please start it's the It's a life. great pleasure Anything talking to you. Up. All I'll right. You Thank care. you. I'd like to welcome back on... A long-time participant to Model Rail Radio, who I think I'll probably be visiting if he's about March next year. You may not have heard this yet, Jim, but I am going to my cousin's wedding somewhere around Wollonga. And I know you're somewhere around Wollonga as well, so my anticipation is, in an off day, I'll go down and see you and Ros and catch up with your crew.
3: Oh, that'd be great. I didn't know. It's the first I've heard of it, so March next year. Middle
0: of March. Middle of March. The wedding is on the seventeenth. So my anticipation is we'll be there a day earlier, but it's the few days afterwards that I'll be able to catch up with folk.
3: So something in the eighteenth to twentieth bracket. Yeah. Eighteenth nineteenth. Yeah, around that time. All right. Okay. Well we'll have to see what we can organise and uh, definitely and see if we can get you up to see uh, Wayne's layout that we're doing uh, ops sessions on because it's Wonderful. nice long runs
0: mm. so in terms of your crew it's been a while since we last chatted what's been going on in your area
3: well we we spent a lot of time getting ready for the NRMA National uh, or Australasian mm. um, weekend which was here in Adelaide um, didn't go to the conference but opened the layout up for people to come and look at
4: mm-hmm.
3: and um I think there was about 22 layouts across across town mm, and gosh. Um, gosh yeah some of some of the clubs and some of the layouts got zero visitors. Oh, that's disappointing. Uh, I think I might have been yeah, I might have been near the top though I, um, I got nineteen on the day wow and then, and then two the following day. And then another exhibitor rang me up and said I couldn't get there because I was exhibiting. Can I come over? So he came over the next weekend. So Wonderful. The total total was twenty three. Terrific. Yeah, Terrific. so we, we were we were pretty happy. Lots of positive feedback, and Great. Um, and we'd been practicing what would work on the day so that operators could have a bit of a chance to have a chat without. Stuffing it all up, certainly. <laughs> so, so the schedule was was made a little bit slack in terms mm-hmm. of running time. Yeah, most
0: definitely, most definitely.
3: And um, it was good because um, I handed the control of the layout over to uh, to Derek for the day. Cool. And um, in actual fact, the next stop session coming up Monday week, he's in control again, and I'm going to run the main yard. Wonderful. <laughs>
0: Yeah, Isn't, this so this is, Isn't this the dream? Isn't this the dream that you actually get to play on your own layout?
3: <laughs> yes, yes,
0: pretty good.
3: So um, yeah, I've been watching um, YouTube model uh, or model builders, uh, the Arduino stuff that's being run by uh, Chris Healy, Yes. from M- MRL Trains, and um, well, I I uh, breadboarded up the speedo that they were doing, and um, and just showed the boys and said, who's interested? Next thing we you know, we're we're ordered bits for thirty four of them. <laughs> so it's uh yeah, quite a quite a Wonderful.
0: thing. So let's talk a little bit about this. Because yep. this aspect of the hobby, the Arduinos, all this kind of stuff, you know, it seems to be a certain group of folk are immediately interested. And obviously you were working with Terry Terrence, what, a couple of years ago? Yeah. Associated yep. with his controller of of favourite. Yep. Yeah. So I think I mean, you're, you've you clearly drunk the Kool-Aid to use an Americanism, but for those that aren't part of that, that's still signed up, can you talk a little bit about some of their thinking? I mean, obviously they've seen it on your layout, right?
3: Yes, they have. Um, I guess um, what I'm going to be doing that's different this time is, is I'm going to run a clinic, mm. and they're going to build their own, mm. now, so which means the only thing that I'm going to have to, to tweak is the code Based on the accurate distance when they actually install their uh, their detectors, because that you know, being all mathematically based, it's you you've got to have a pretty accurate measurement. Certainly, certainly. So um, it's going to be fun. I, I think the um, we're, I'm playing around, seeing if I can uh, get current transformers working for Wayne's layout for his signalling. Um, so I'm I'm actually just working on the stuff by. I can't remember the bloke's name, but it's, if you Google the N-scaler, mm. he's, um, he's got some pretty smart code that he's put together. Mm. And, uh, uh, I'm, the plan is um, to actually work on that in the next week or two and see if we can refine it. I've, I'd easily do a locomotive, but it's, it's more about how do you detect that 1.5 milliamps for the certainly. resistor axle set, you know. Certainly, <laughs> certainly. And that's... Uh, a lot more tricky. Yes.
0: So, we uh, periodically have a call from Chris Adams, the US Chris Adams, but the Australian Chris yes. Adams, what's been going on with his layout?
3: Oh, we've been doing a little bit of operations, and he's now starting to get into scenery. Wonderful. And, and uh, of course, without BJ, you know, scenery's yeah. a bit harder. <laughs> yes. So, well, um, we're, we're all struggling a bit with that, but um, um, he's... Uh, Learning about you know not gluing things up too much and certainly. all those things, all the le- all the lessons that we all go through. <laughs> Roscoe's actually got the track in on the western wall now, up the top. You know where all those big loaded boxes were. Absolutely. Were, yep, were over. it's cleaned off. Um, we've um, he hasn't got his yard design up there yet, but he's like certainly it. got the main the main line sorted. Wonderful. So um, next few weeks that'll oh. all get put down properly. Terrific. And he's planning on having operations next year. Wonderful. Just in time for my arrival, yeah. hopefully. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, we'll we'll see if we can organise something for that.
0: That'd be wonderful.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So instead of running round to everybody's, uh, we'd, we'll... Just a couple. Probably obviously... Yeah, yeah, two or three. So you exactly. want to see... Uh, and then we'll have, well, we've got to have the obligatory barbecue. Most definitely. Most and definitely. And hopefully, and hopefully Michelle will come. <laughs> yes. Well, now she's met you all, or at least two of you, I
0: think she's realised yeah. that, uh, you know, I mean, you, you and Roz do an amazing stand up routine for folks that are interested, and many have seen it already because you've taken it on tour. So, oh, yeah, well. I think, um, certainly, certainly Michelle will. It's always difficult to predict, though. I mean, I think, The nature of... We're also doing New Zealand on this trip to catch up with other family members. And it's hard to predict. I mean, it's hard to predict whether Michelle will be absolutely captivated with something. And I think, historically, she hasn't had a proper opportunity to enjoy the benefits of Adelaide. Like, Adelaide, for us, is just so many family members that I think she was kind of overwhelmed with meeting everyone. And let's see. Let's play it by here, But you'll at least have one captive. You'll at least have one
3: Barberlay captive. So That's let's fine. see how it plays out. Hmm. Okay, lovely. So, um, what else have we been doing? Uh, those MTH PA's have now been totally gutted, and they have got Machima motors and uh, mm-hmm. and uh, ESU lock mm-hmm. sounds, and so. But it's all been fitted. They've been speed matched. Now I they haven't tried them out in the layout yet. So most expensive locos on my layout. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um, I won't be buying any of theirs anymore. Okay. Very good, and, Jim. Uh, all right. Well, nice to catch up. Most definitely.
0: And, Always a pleasure. Uh, and uh, pencil me in and we'll see what comes together.
3: Yeah. Just to double check 18th, 19th.
0: Yeah, something like that. I mean, yeah, I think 18th, 19th are probably going to be the days. So.
3: All right. Lovely. Keep them free. I'll, well, I'll, I'll get it in the diary.
0: Terrific. I'll talk to you soon, Jim. Take care.
3: Yeah. Thanks, Tom.
0: like to welcome on Dennis Drury. Dennis, we haven't had a chance to speak previously. For folks listening in, could you please introduce your model railroading
4: hobby? Well, Tom, I'm in the process of building my third version of the Southern Pacific Klamath Falls subdivision. Mm. And um, my wife and I just recently moved out to uh, Dayton, Nevada, where we bought a home and I have space for layout. So I am unpacking everything out of boxes and building as I go. Wonderful. Wonderful. So for folks
0: listening in, this is, I think, Dayton, you're all on the same level, right? Is this a two-story house
4: or a one-story house? This is a one-story house. I have, for my layout room, I have two-thirds of a three-car garage. So I have about a 20 by 20-foot space. Interesting. Interesting.
0: So you say this is the third version. What have the previous two versions featured?
4: Well, they're the same scheme. It's Southern Pacific and Burlington Northern. Mm-hmm. Between Klamath Falls and Chamalt, Oregon, um, set in 1984. Wonderful. And my first version was in when I lived in California. That layout was open for the 2011 NMRA National Convention. And soon after that, my wife and I moved to Reno, Nevada, where I started my second version. And after we retired, we sold that house, uh, put all the layout components and a bunch of other household goods in storage, bought an RV and toured the country for two years. Wonderful. Absolutely yeah, wonderful. Now, now we're settling down. We've got a, a great house on a golf course here in Dayton. And I am building my, uh, what I hope, to be the final version of this layout. Can we talk a little bit
0: about the two years? Because my sure. wife and I are about to go on a road trip, across cross-U.S. road trip which has been a long time coming, but we're really looking forward to it. And historically, when I lived here 2000, I spent a lot of time on the road just exploring the US. What areas did you go to? What what railroading stuff did you see? Did you spend, you know, obviously you must have been to Oregon through that period of time, but what other areas did you see where you thought these are places where folks should visit if they're interested in the hobby?
4: There's too many for the call link you've got set up. We got a lot of time tonight, Dennis. Okay. Give us a few. Well, Give us a few. Here here's the thing. We basically did all of the west coast, mm-hmm. all of the south, up into Illinois, up into Tennessee. Mm. You know, it wasn't all railroad oriented, but some of it was. Um we tried our hands at being snowbirds and liked mm. that a lot Had time in Texas and wonderful Arizona during the uh cold Nevada winters. Certainly. Mm-hmm. uh. Um, some of the highlights of my railroad activity was I was able to visit the Greeley Museum in Greeley, Colorado, which if anyone's mm-hmm. in the Denver area must see. Um, it, it is a huge model railroad that uh, encompasses my time frame and part of my area. So it was a a, a big draw for me to get there and see that. Mm. Uh, spent some time in Wyoming. uh Let's see, there is another layout that everyone who wants to needs to go. It's outside of Sedona, Arizona, and it is the Union Pacific Wyoming Division. Mm. Uh gentleman that built is building this layout um, is a retired rocket scientist and had a purpose built building. I wanna say it's around three thousand square feet, but I'd have to look at the website to be certain. Gosh. And he is modeling from Ogden Utah to Cheyenne Wyoming as it was in the uh in the 50s and just to give you an example to run a train from Ogden to Cheyenne takes about an hour of real time wonderful with no, with no stops and amazing i i was able to participate in several several operating sessions there and i also um installed his signal system gosh gosh so the website is wyomingdivision.org, dot org, all one word. Wonderful. And people can go see that. He ha- he hosts monthly operating sessions, and twice a year he has invitational ops sessions for people from around the country. But if you just contact Verrill, who is the owner, he will add you to his list, and um, the schedule for ops is there. If you're ever in Sedona, even if it's not an op session weekend, you can still drop in and see the layout that he's building. Wonderful. Wonderful. So let's talk a little bit about the South because
0: certainly this road trip. I mean, I've, I've, you know, been to the eastern part of Texas. I've followed the Mississippi up. I've done that kind of stuff, but certainly Georgia and the Virginias and the Carolinas and this kind of stuff. I, I don't have a real sense of
4: what's interesting
0: right. train related stuff around those areas.
4: Well, there are a lot of clubs and home layouts to visit in Texas. Um, our trip to the South was more snowboarding with friends. So I mm. lay out and railroad activities. It was more about playing golf and mm-hmm, going certainly. to museums and things like that. Um, you know, I, I'd, I'd been to Tennessee before and went to Chattanooga, uh, um, which is fun, but not necessarily something I'd go back to. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, I I don't really have a good handle on layouts in those areas, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, it was it was an interesting two years. I, I had a lot of fun, and um, you know, if I had to do it over again and the circumstances presented itself, I would certainly do it. But after two years, it was, in a in an RV that was <laughs> kind of small with yes. uh, two dogs and two people. It was uh, time to get a bit more space and settle down so I could build my own layout again.
0: Very good, very good. Yeah, it's certainly something that my wife and I love doing and we're really going to be testing it with regards to two weeks of traveling across the US in November. But yeah, no, we always think, well, we we should at least allow for packing it in for, as you say, in the order of a couple of years, just going exploring because there's so much to see in this country. It's pretty overwhelming for folks that, you know, even considering, you know, five or six states surrounding people, there's so much to see. But to plan it and to purposefully, you know, get an RV and to purposely travel for a couple of years, I can see, Dennis, this is going to be an ongoing topic for future calls into Model Rail Radio. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about your prototype and why okay. your prototype fascinates you so much.
4: Well, I worked for Southern Pacific in between 1977 and 1984. Mm. So I have an intimate familiarity with that prototype. I worked in the signal department for mm-hmm. a while, and I also worked in the engineering department um, on a rail detector car. Mm. And if you're not familiar with rail detectors, they travel along the tracks at eight miles an hour using magnetics and ultrasonics to look inside the rail for hidden defects, mm. which can then be fixed before they cause a major incident or derailment. Certainly. So I was able to tour... Um, pretty much the entire western part of the southern Pacific, um, over the over time at eight miles an hour, and spent some time between El Paso and Houston and up around Pine Bluff, Arkansas. Mm-hmm. And um you know you can see a lot when you're going by very slow like that. Certainly. Um and you know, we had to clear for every train that came by, so we did a lot of train watching it during that time period. And uh so having traveled over most of the Western SP system, I had a, a real fascination with Klamath Falls area mm-hmm. and the track between there and Central Oregon, between Klamath Falls and Eugene. And having the prototype location I've chosen, I could model Southern Pacific, Burlington Northern, which had track and rights, Oregon, California, and Eastern Logging Railroad, and mm-hmm. the Klamath Northern, which served the town of Gilchrist. So I can incorporate all of those and be prototypically correct. I have it set up where I've got, um, um, the trains from that time frame. I have a, a full length coast starlight that I can run. Um, I've run 25 to 30 car Southern Pacific trains. This is an HO scale, by the way, mm-hmm, uh, with three to four, um, uh, tunnel motors or SD45s on the point. Um, you know, I, the Burlington Northern trains with trackage rights, they didn't do any work in online, but they, uh, certainly, um, ran across the trackage. And then having the, the logging railroad, um, is another, another benefit. And that's the reason I chose 1984 is because that's the year that I left work for the SP. Um, uh, there was a, a thing called Southern Pacific Santa Fe that, uh, reared its ugly head. And I was told that when that merger was completed, my job would be gone. So I went looking for other work. Very good. Oh, there you are.
0: No, I'm here. I'm here. So it's an interesting time period as well, because it's, it's an, I mean, when people talk about transition era, obviously they're talking steam diesel, but when you have these corporate transitions, as you very intimately experienced yourself, this is another
4: transition, right? In terms of just a changing of guard. It is. And, um, Joe Fugate models Southern Pacific in the 80s and, and mm. my understanding, he starts, um, at the beginning of each decade currently for, as an example, the year 2000, he modeled 1980 and then 2001, he did 1981. And when it hits, um, 1989, he goes back to 2000 again or ni- mm. 1980 again. I'm sticking with that year, um, because I like the, um, I like the motive power, I like the trains. Um I don't will not have any speed lettering. Um so that makes it easy in my purchasing. I know that if something doesn't match my time frame, I'm not going to buy it. Easy. which saves money to buy the things I do want.
0: Exactly. Very interesting. So in terms of that area, what kind of industries are in that space?
4: It's mostly timber related. Um mm-hmm. Southern Pacific and Burlington Northern, uh, hauled lots of lumber across that line. Um, the OC the Oregon, California and Eastern was a logging railroad that was owned mm. by Warehouse. Um, so I have that. I have lumber mills. Um, there's some other industries. There's a, in Klamath Falls, there's an asphalt, uh, distributor that receives tank cars of asphalt and sends them out for road construction and maintenance. Um, but most everything is plywood, particle board. Um, paper most of the paper was down in the willamette valley though so but the um the through trains that run over the railroad had lots of paper mm. uh, piggy- piggyback service uh that's part of the i-5 corridor that uh you know for intermodal between the uh northwest and the los angeles area in the south was part of that um i've, I've researched the trains the train ids that ran where they went from i have photographs of uh consists um so i'm i think i'm doing a pretty good job of replicating the trains that actually ran and the uh rolling stock that actually ran
0: you mentioned the speed lettering for folks listening in that aren't familiar with that distinction what what is that
4: speed lettering was when the southern pacific and denver and rio Grande western merged they uh The Southern Pacific adopted the Rio Grande style of speed lettering on their locomotives and and rolling stock. It's uh, basically a type of font. If you Google Southern Pacific speed lettering, I'm sure you'll get 10,000 pictures. Without question. Without question. How long have you been listening to Model Rail Radio, Dennis? Quite a while. Um, You know, I can't really put my finger on when I started, but it was... Certainly around show 50 and maybe even before that, it's just that I have never had the opportunity to call in. Wonderful. And I I happened to be sitting in front of my computer doing something else and saw the um, email saying you were about to go live. So I wrapped up what I was doing and decided to call in. Terrific. Terrific. So
0: in terms of the show, are there any topics that we're missing? Anything that you'd like to be hearing about that we could be talking about?
4: I don't think so. I think you're doing a really good job. And I like the format of being able to hear from people around the country and around the world and what they're doing and what they're, uh, modeling and, and about their layout. So I think you've, you've got a winner here. Thank you very much, Dennis. Really
0: appreciate that.
4: Always good you're, to have long time,
0: problem. long time listeners, first time callers. That's always really good. Don't be a, um, yeah, please call back. Don't be a first okay. time and last time caller because I think, What fascinates me about what you're doing is this is an area that you're clearly very familiar with, but you have a new space. And having lived, not in your part of the world, but having lived in Las Vegas and having had a double garage and the space that it shows, Mm -hmm. there are various thermal and dust properties that also these areas present, which make them relatively interesting and somewhat unique. And I know that there are folks in Florida that use similar spaces with some success, but certainly I remember modeling in Las Vegas after a period of time, I realized that I was fighting certain elemental forces, which I hadn't really anticipated when I started out. So mm-hmm. hopefully that won't be your experience, but I'm interested in hearing an update periodically as you start okay. discovering these things.
4: When I, when I have, see a call running and I happen to have, be in front of my computer, I'll certainly call back. Wonderful. Wonderful. Great chatting Dennis. Look forward to talking okay. to you
0: soon. Take care. Like to welcome back on Jeff Shockley. Jeff, I received another Delmarva update. The monthly updates are always much appreciated. What is going on with the hobby in your area, Jeff?
2: Of course, uh, it's getting close to November and end of the year, and, and so we're, we're gearing up for our open house season, which will be uh, November, December, and January. Um, we all, we're also having a special open house at the town, of Dunham, or they're, they're having a fall festival on the first of October. So we'll be open up for that for that also. So we're, getting, we're doing a lot of cleanup wonderful
0: wonderful Well I am doing a road trip, just a brief road trip to your part of the world as part of a cross country road trip, but I'm looking forward to actually meeting you in August September next year when i'm going to be more in your part of the world for an extended period of time
2: uh, uh, i'm i'm, 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 I'm yeah, I'm anxious to meet you too. <laughs> yeah, no, it'll be great. It'll be great to catch up. And, and I'm
0: me... Sorry, continue.
2: Say, uh, say, I, I told, uh, at, at our last meeting, I told uh, the 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 club that you were going to be in there that that uh, in that time period. So they're anxious to meet you too. Wonderful, wonderful.
0: Always good to be an invited <laughs> guest to a club that you followed for. I don't know. I've probably followed Baba for at least seven years now, and I've got the boxcars and stuff too. So.
2: Yeah, I, I feel like a um, yeah. Yeah,
0: a much much anticipated figure, so it's, I'm looking forward to meeting your club.
2: Yeah, my first show was Show 34. <laughs> Very
0: good. Very good. So in terms of the hobby, I mean, obviously you do the newsletter for Del but when you go and work on the layout, what kind of stuff are you working on currently?
2: Um, I'm helping a, a gentleman, one of the other members, um, we're, we're scenicking the uh, Athens, Ohio area on the layout.
0: So in terms of Ohio scenery, what kind of stuff are you adding? Houses, you know, trees, yeah, just,
2: you know, basic scenery. Very cool, very cool. Yeah, the other guy is doing most of the work because I I can't get done every very often, but uh, when I do, I try to help him out as much as I can. Wonderful. So in terms of the other clubs in your area
0: and the other things that you do, I mean, obviously you work with the Scouts too and these kind of things. Anything in the hobby coming up for you as well?
2: Well, um, I get... November, you know, the the, our, the club here in Dover, we're having another open, we're, we're having an open house, uh, the end end of November like for National Model Railroad Month, uh, uh, we have a merit badge class scheduled for March of next year, uh, so we, we, you know, I'm, I'm giving up for that, we're getting things set in place, even though it's, you know, three or four months away, we We don't want to get, you know, I don't want to wait till the last minute to get, to get things done, so, you yeah, know, that's, that's, been, that's basically about it, um, yeah, because we, we, we read sh- the first day club was at a sh- show today in, uh, over in Clayton, in Clayton, Delaware for Clayton Railroad Day, so we had a, we had an actual train on the track for us that we could tour. So that, was, that was neat to see.
0: Wonderful. Wonderful.: And how many people were at that particular show? Uh,
2: when I left, we, we had uh, 75 people uh, see, see the layout.
0: Wonderful.: Wonderful. Sounds like a good day.
2: Yeah, it it, 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 it yeah, I'm sure it was a good day. <laughs> I had to I had leave because really uh, I had, family, had a family commitment. So I was there for about three hours and in those three hours, 75, 75 to 80 people came through and saw the way out. So it, we we consider it a, a really good day.
0: Definitely, definitely. Well, Jeff, it's always a pleasure catching up. It always seems to be a bad signal, but it's always a pleasure catching up and hearing what's going on in your part <laughs> of the world. And I'm looking forward to... Uh, To meeting you and your crew next year, but also, I think I have a a mind's eye view of your part of the world in terms of just the area. Um, And it'll be nice to actually be there uh, and meet you all on location.
2: Um, I'm looking forward to. Well, thank you, Jeff,
0: and uh, we'll talk soon. Take care.
2: Thank you. Bye bye.
0: So it's a short show, folks, for Model Rail Radio this evening, but an interesting show. Lots of different bits of discussion. Great to have a chance to to meet Janice and hear about his particular railroading interests. And always good to catch up with Jim and Bruce. I mean, these are two stalwarts in Model Rail Radio and always wonderful to catch up with friends. I'm really looking forward to getting out to Australia in March as well and catching up with a number of folks. So... For folks for listening in, thank you very much for listening in this evening, and thanks to the folks for participating. Good night.
1: Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Tom. Good night. All right, Tom.